Well, good morning and welcome to the jar. We're so glad that you're here on this uh, Thanksgiving uh, Sunday. And I'd like to begin this morning with this first big idea. Attitude is everything. Attitude is everything. When it comes to me and where I'm going, and when it comes to you and where you're going in life, attitude is everything. <coughs> you know, it's probably not a good time to get into this right now. But uh, setup team, once again, you have only gotten my bottle half full. And every time I get up here, it's just half full, half full, half full. And guys, do I have to do everything, you know? And while I'm at it, you guys there that are, you know, doing the PowerPoint, you know, you guys need to get it together too. How many times am I up here and you don't get the slide up right and it's just me doing everything? And so, when are you going to get it together? Now that's one way I could have responded. Now there is another way I could have responded. Hey tech team, thanks for coming early and making sure that all the computer stuff uh, was taken care of. In fact, let's thank them, okay? And making sure that we could see everything. So thanks guys for getting here. And I could have said, you know, hey, set up guys, thank you so much for getting my bottle half full. And I love the fact that it's half full. And you know, the, the uh, reality is, folks, is that we have choices like that every single day, right? Is the bottle half full or is it half empty? And you get to choose how you see your world. Is it half full or is it half empty? But I guarantee you this, that where, whichever one you choose will take you in a very different direction. The half-empty attitude is what I call the complaining attitude. Complaining attitude. You look at the negative. You're always very pessimistic. You are a whiner about everything that doesn't go your way. And if you choose complaining as your lifestyle, you will live your lifetime in the wilderness. Let me say that again. If you choose complaining as your lifestyle, you will live your lifetime in the wilderness. And maybe today, you feel like you're living in a wilderness. Dry, parched, cheerless, joyless, thankless. Ugh! But it doesn't have to be that way. There's another way. It's what I call looking at life the half-full way, the thankful attitude. And it's up to you. There is another way. And the choice to be thankful is a choice that you make. And a thankful attitude is the attitude that God desires us to choose. Now at this point, I have a feeling that some of you are thinking to yourself, sounds good, Chris, yeah, Thanksgiving's coming up on Thursday. Let's have that teaching today. But some of you inside are saying, but Chris, I'm in a storm right now. I'm in a storm. It might be a financial storm. You know, the Dow Jones has dropped 42% in the last few months. That means all of our retirements have been affected in some particular way. Unemployment in Indiana is the highest that it's been in 10 years. And you yourself may have recently had to file for bankruptcy or foreclosure or done something new. Health insurance is high. And financially, you're in a storm. Or you might be in a personal storm. There's an illness that's in your family. Or you're going through depression or some type of struggle in your life. Or you might be in a relationship storm. Your marriage is kind of, you know, right on that breaking point. Or a friendship. Or your parents. Or a sister or a brother. But something's going on. And you're thinking to yourself, how can I be thankful when everything looks bleak? Well, by yourself alone, you can't. 
Because you will always be down and discouraged if you just focus on what you can be thankful for. And that's why you need a relationship with the one who loves you most and knows you best. The one who thought of you even before you were born. And that's Jesus Christ himself. And that leads us to kind of our second big idea. Everyone needs the Lord. Everyone in this room needs the Lord. And so this morning, we're going to look at a story in the Bible of Jesus. A story of thankfulness. It's found in the Gospel of Luke, which is the third uh, book of the Bible in the New Testament. And so in the New Testament, the second half in this third book, we have this story by Luke, who was a doctor and one of uh, Jesus' close friends. And in chapter 17, in verse 12, we read this. As he... Jesus entered a village, ten lepers stood at a distance. Now what I'd like you to think about right now is that these ten leprous men represent all of humanity. It represents all people in all time. In their life, what their need, immediate need was, was they wanted to be healed from lep- leprosy. But no matter who you are, you need God. You need God in your life. We all need Him. Because without God, we would not have health. We would not have strength. We would not have life. We would not have breath. We would have nothing if God didn't choose to have a relationship with us. And how you respond to those general blessings of God has a direct impact upon whether or not you will receive the eternal blessings that God gives to you. And in this passage, what we're going to see is that Jesus walks down a road. He sees these ten men who have leprosy, who represent all of humanity, but only one of them comes back with a thankful attitude. You see, the reality is, folks, only a few people choose to have a deep experience with God. And in particular, there are two experiences that are pretty rare. The first one is this. Only a few people thank Jesus personally. Only a few people thank Jesus personally. So as Jesus is walking down, He sees these ten lepers. They stood at a distance. And they're crying out to God. And this is what they say. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And it was like this way with Jesus all the time. He'd be walking down a road and there would just be, he's like a magnet. People would just be focusing, getting right near and close to him. Because they knew he might do something for him. It was like these people were lost puppy dogs following their master. And there would be people who would come up and say, God, will you do this for me? Will you do that for me? God, I need this. God, I need that. And in verse 14, Jesus looked at these ten lepers and said, Go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, their leprosy disappeared. Now, I'm not going to go into a big explanation about leprosy except to say that it was a skin skin condition in Jesus' day. And it was a broad term for many skin illnesses. But when you had leprosy... You were isolated, ignored, and pushed aside from the rest of the culture. You were placed away from everyone else. In our day, I think the closest perspective I could think of is back in the 80s and early 90s when AIDS first hit our country. And those people were isolated. They were pushed aside. And if you had AIDS, you know, we kind of thought you were less or different than us. But the bottom line is that in this scripture, the lepers were the outcast in society. They separated themselves from everyone else. And the only way that they could ever go into the church is if the pastor came up to them or the priest came up and said, you know what, you're clean, you can come inside. And Jesus does something pretty amazing. He says, go show yourselves to the priest. Go show yourselves to the pastor. 
All ten of them had to take a step of faith. And you think about it. If you're isolated, you're diseased, no one has, wants anything to do with you, that if someone says, I, you may be healed if you walk towards the priest, you'd start running. And so these ten guys, they start walking in the direction towards them, towards the church, the temple of Jesus' day. And as they're walking down this road, all of a sudden, whammo! They're completely healed. They're like walking down this road and they're saying, Dude, look at me! I mean, Jesus just healed all of me. And I don't just mean my physical illness. What I'm talking about is that now I have a life back again. I can be a part of society again. And they were all healed. All ten of them were healed. And then the Bible says this in verse 15. One of them. How many? One. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, Praise God, I'm healed. How many came back to him? One. How many were healed? Ten. Ten were healed. Only one came back to Jesus. Nine kept going. One chose to turn back and to be thankful. Remember, only a few people thank Jesus personally. And look at the humility of this man when he comes back to Jesus in verse 16. The man fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking Him for what He had done. This man was a Samaritan. Now that word Samaritan probably doesn't mean much to you guys, but it meant a lot in that culture. You see, what a Samaritan was, was what they called a half-breed. They were half-Jewish, and they were half-something else. And in the Jewish culture, the only way that you really were able to participate in church and all the other kind of activities were, was if you were a total Jew. And this guy, not only is he a Samaritan, a half-breed, but now he also has leprosy. I mean, it's almost like this guy has two strikes against him. You ever feel like you have two strikes against you? That just one more strike and you are out. You just wonder, you know, am I going to be able to pay the bills? Is healing going to come to my family, my relationships, my personal life? I mean, this guy, he was a huge outcast. He wouldn't have been allowed to come in to this place today if we went back into that day. He was a reject. Kids today say he was a loser. And yet he's the only one out of these ten guys that had a thankful heart. And this just goes to show, folks, that Anybody, regardless of life circumstances that you're going through, you have a choice to give thanks and acknowledge the goodness and grace of God. A thankless nine and a thankful one. Ten actions received. They were all healed. Ten attitudes chosen. Only one of them was thankful. So believe me, folks, when I tell you that attitude is everything. And everyone needs the Lord. You know, this distinction that only one guy came back to Jesus, he didn't be, you know, he wasn't like, oh, great, you know, 10% of the people I just healed came back to me. No, this distinction was not left to him alone either. He asked in verse 17 and 18 these words Didn't I heal 10 men? Now, Jesus was the God of the universe. He knew how many there was. Where are the other nine? Does only this foreigner return to give glory to God? Now, out of these ten guys, the Samaritan had the most reasons why not to go back to Jesus. 
He was a Jew. People were calling him the Messiah. He was the one that this Samaritan had been rejected by. If there was anyone who had a reason not to come back and to give thanks for, it was this man. But he overcomes all of his excuses and he comes and says, Jesus, thank you. And then the story ends in verse 19. And so Jesus then says to this man, Stand up and go. Your faith has made you well. Anybody want to guess what the uh, key word is in this verse? I'll help you. It's the last word. Well. Does it say will? It doesn't say anything. The computer crashed. Let me get back. This is half empty. No, I'm joking. Well, you can look in your program. The last verse there in your program says this in verse 19. Stand up and go. Your faith has made you well. That's the most important word. Well. Because it's not talking about physically well, because what happened to all ten of them? They were all made well, right? All ten of them were made physically well. All ten were held. I mean, it'd be redundant for Jesus to say that if it was just talking about physical healing. But instead, even those who didn't show thankfulness were physically well. But what Jesus is saying, because of your gratefulness, because of your thankfulness, you are spiritually made well. Your spirit is made well. Here's a second rare experience. Only a few people experience Jesus powerfully. Only a few people experience Jesus powerfully. Only a few thank Him personally, and only a few respond and experience Him powerfully. You know, the fact that this guy came back to Jesus is the real reason why he gets to experience not just the healing, not just the thankfulness, but the power of Jesus Christ in his life. Ten were healed physically. Only one was healed spiritually and eternally. And somehow this is what happened. Gratitude led to faith, and faith led to thankfulness, and thankfulness led to a life filled with God's Spirit. You see, folks, faith grows in the soil of thankfulness. You want more faith in your life? You want more faith in your relationships? You want more trust between the people around you? More trust in God? It all begins with you beginning to have a thankful heart. Only when you can go to Jesus and you say, maybe there is a God and I owe Him something from His hand and I need to be reconciled with Him. Only then does thankfulness hit home and you realize that you're giving something back. Well, here's the second big idea. And it's this. You've heard me mention this from day one when we started the jar. Gratitude is the attitude that sets the altitude for living. It's all about gratitude. Gratitude sets the altitude... Gratitude is the attitude that sets the altitude for living. Now, gratitude needs to be distinguished, though, from thanks. You know, growing up as a kid, my mom thought it was really important that we always said thanks. And so she would encourage that by taking her bony little elbow and kind of ripping it right into our rib cage. And any time we would be somewhere and a stranger or a friend or anybody gave us anything, all of a sudden my mom would say, now what do you say? You'd be like, oh, thanks. And if we didn't say it fast enough, whoom, right into the rib. And pretty soon what we would start doing, we became conditioned. Some of you might remember from psychology class, either in high school or college, about Pavlov's dog. They used to have this little bell, and every time they would ring it, the dog would start salivating. And what would happen with us was every time we saw the elbow, we just started saying, thanks, thanks, thanks. You know, it didn't matter what it was. If we saw the elbow coming, 
thanks, thanks. I mean, it didn't matter what it was. I bet by the time I was five years old, you know, I had said thanks a million times. But did it mean anything? Does it mean anything to you? Does your thankfulness mean anything whatsoever? How often does a server come and wait on a table and they serve you for over a half hour and in the midst of that, all you do is say, thanks, thanks, thanks. I mean, it's almost like saying, how are you? You know what I've learned? That is the worst question in the world. How are you? You know why? Because everyone will never tell you the truth. You ask them, how are you? Fine. I mean, my wife's told me about patients who've come into her office before. They have cancer. They're close to death. Everything, you know, they walk in. How are you? Fine. It's the same way with thanks sometimes. We don't really mean it. I mean, have you ever experienced that? Someone saying thanks to you before? It's almost like, ah, oh, thanks, would you shut up so I could go on and do what I need to do? And you realize that it didn't mean anything at all when that person said that to you. It feels almost like they're just being polite or they're being nice, but there's nothing there. Now, you know what? You can get away with doing that with the server today when you go to a restaurant, or you can get away with that uh, maybe in your family system, but I'm telling you what, you don't want to bring that kind of attitude of thanks to God. You don't want to come on Sunday morning and just be like, thanks, or the next time that you're with Him, thanks God. You see, the word gratitude is defined this way. To show a kindness received is valued. That the kindness that you receive from God or from people in your life, that it's valuable to you. That's not something you just kind of, you know, put down low, but it's value. It's valuable to you. When you show that a kindness received is actually valued, you're beginning to catch on to this whole idea of gratitude because you value the things that are happening in your life. You know what? Every single person in this place today, you have something to be grateful for. You really do. In fact, just by living in the United States of America, you are 90% ahead of the rest of the world. In fact, this is what is the reality. Most people in the world would like to have your problems. You ever think about that before? Most people in the world, they don't want your blessings. They'd just like to have your problems. In fact, if you drove, how many drove in a car to get here today? Raise your hand. You are in the top 10% of the wealthiest people in the world. Take that in. But you know what I found? For so many of us, what we do is whatever happens in our life, the good things in our life, they kind of um, depreciate after a while. And we just turn our backs on the things that we have, and what we're always focused on are the things that we don't have yet. And you know what? People will live their life forever doing that. And they get to the end of their life, and they're some of the most unhappiest people I know. I've buried people like that. They just never were quite thankful enough for what they had. And that's when complaining comes in. And if you live that kind of lifestyle, you'll live your lifetime in the wilderness. Now this morning, the way to get rid of complaining isn't to get a big old you know, piece of duct tape, put it over your mouth, and then never complain again. But it's not about that you're not going to complain, but that what you're saying this morning, I'm going to fill myself with thankfulness. I'm going to fill myself with thankful things. And it begins first and foremost with thankfulness to God. So let's focus on a thought by looking at a scripture in the Bible, in Psalms, which is in the middle of the Bible. And it's a PowerPoint. Oh, good job, guys. All right. 
And uh, we're going to read this together, okay? And uh, what we're doing is we're getting our heads focused on being thankful to God for the things that He gives us. So let's read this together, okay? Oh, that you would give thanks to the Lord for His goodness and His wonderful works to all people. Now, what I'd like us to do, I'd like us to do it again, but this time, I'd like you to say, oh, like this. Oh! Okay? So we're all going to practice that together. Because we're thankful to God for the things we have, alright? So we want to kind of show it that way. You know, the psalmist, when he wasn't, was writing this, he wasn't like, oh, give thanks to the Lord, you know? No, he's like, oh! You know? Alright? So let's all try that together, okay? We'll do O first, and then we'll do the verse. We'll see how good we are this morning, okay? So let's all say O like that. One, two, three. O! Very good. Alright. Now let's read this verse with that O, and then we'll get the rest of it, okay? On the count of three. One, two, three. O! That you would give thanks to the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to all people. And there are so many things that we can give thanks for. In fact, I was reading a couple studies this week in uh, the secular world in which there are people who study the human body who have no kind of focus on there being a higher power, that there is a God. But even they have learned the benefits of a thankful, faith-focused person. I was reading one study this week in California. In Southern California, they took a study of 7,000 people, and they tried to uh, focus on the issue of stress. Anyone stressed this morning? Yeah. Wow, look at that. Well, you guys got issues. No, I'm joking. No, we all have stress. So they took 7,000 people and they kind of focused on the stress in their life. And this is what they found out. That those who attended church or a religious community regularly were marketably less stressed over finances, health, and other daily concerns than those who had no spiritual ties. Here's a Duke University study. It found out that people of faith healed more quickly from surgery than those who had no faith. What they did was they took this group of people and they found out those who were connected to Christ or in a faith community and those who weren't. And this is what they found, folks. That those who spent regular thankfulness to God in their life spent an average of 13 days less in the hospital than those who had no faith perspective. So, I mean, not only does the relationship with Jesus help you like eternally, but it can help your health insurance premium. Okay? I mean, that's a reason why you should be connected and be a part of a faith community. Now, there are tons of studies out there, more and more, that talk about the power between thankfulness and a more healthy and joy-filled and productive life. And so, that's important, but I'm telling you, if you choose complaining as your lifestyle, you'll live your lifetime in the wilderness. So I want to ask you this morning, what type of attitude do you have? You know, some of you have been living below the radar of thankfulness and blessing. You've kind of been under the radar experiencing kind of a down, cloudy, damp, depressing, ungrateful, unthankful, complaining, negative, kind of life. And we've all been there before. I've been there before. But there is another kind of living that you can have. A life that soars above and doesn't focus on the negative. Up there where the air is clean and the sun is shining and the future is as bright as God's promises. And you can fly up there, folks. Not just on Sundays, but every day. And you might say, well, how do I do that? How do I fly up there when I'm going through a storm of personal crisis or relationship or financial? How do I fly up there when it's like that? And I'm telling you, gratitude is the attitude that sets your altitude for living. You get to choose. 
what that is. So this morning, how grateful are you? Do you have anything to be grateful for? Do you have anything to be thankful for? And the answer is clearly yes. I mean, all of us have much to be thankful for. Did the sun come up this morning again? Were you able to draw breath from your lungs? Do you have another day for the glory of God? Then you have ample reason for thankfulness as a decision in your life. And most of you would say, well, heck, Chris, I have so much more than that. And that's even more reason for you to base your life on a decision of thankfulness. So do you live in the wilderness of complaining, or do you want to live in the promised land of thankfulness? Because the choice is up to you. You see, what I find often with people is they go, well, the reason I'm unhappy, the reason I'm not very thankful is because of my spouse. Your spouse doesn't choose your attitude. You choose your attitude. Your kids don't choose your attitude. Your parents don't. Your friends don't. Your boss doesn't. You choose it. And it all begins when you say, I'll have thankfulness towards God. Let's read a couple other scriptures together, just because this week, see, today you'll be like, I am thankful. And then tomorrow, when you go to work, you'll be like, ah, And so you need a few scripture verses. Cut them out, put them up somewhere, so you remember. So let's read this next one together. Psalm 139.14 says this. Let's read it. I thank you, high God, your breathtaking, body and soul, I am marvelously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation. And this next scripture verse, let's read it together. God, you are my God. I thank you. I praise you. You've done your share of miracle wonders, well thought out plans, solid and sure. Now, I could go on and on and on throughout Scripture with tons of verses that we could read about thankfulness. But God wrote a book. It's called the Bible. And from front page to back page, there are tons of verses that talk about the importance of thankfulness in your life. And all of this comes down to this message of gratitude is the attitude that sets the altitude for living. So let's get real close and personal for the next couple of minutes as we close. Because I want to ask you two questions. The first question that I want to ask you is this. Am I a thankful person? Am I a thankful person? How many of you, when I just said that, were looking at me and go, yeah, Bunch, are you a thankful person? Nice try. I'm not asking you to thank, you know, ask my wife. I'm not asking you to try to determine if I'm a thankful person. I want to know, asking the question to yourself, are you a thankful person? The Bible says this, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Anybody want to guess what the key word in this verse is? It's the shortest word. Well, it's tied with the shortest word. In. In. It's the word in. It doesn't say this, give thanks for all circumstances. It says give thanks what? In all circumstances. This week I received two emails from people who were going through some tough stuff in their life. One was from a woman who wrote, a uh, email to me and said that their uh, lifelong kind of dog for their family, who was 14 years old, got hit by a car and died. Now, in the midst of that, I didn't type back, well, give thanks for all things. No, her dog just died. I wasn't going to do that. And in the same light, I received this email. Hi, Chris. Just wanted you to know our friend Jim died this morning. Naturally, my husband Charles is having a really tough time 
Please remember him and Jim's family in your prayers. Thanks, Karen. Now, I didn't write back in the midst of that to say, well, thank God that Jim died. I bet he lived a great life. No. You don't thank God for painful circumstances. You don't thank Him for those difficult times, but you thank Him that in the midst of it, in the midst of your mourning, your pain, your hurt, that you're thanking Him for being there. You don't thank God for painful things, but you can thank God that He is in all things. Because God's good, folks. He really is. The greatest promise in the Bible is not that you're forgiven or you're loved, but it's the fact that God will never leave you. One of my favorite verses is right here in Hebrews. It says this, I'll never let you down, never walk off, and never leave you. He won't. Regardless of the circumstance, in it, we can give thanks. Second question, am I seeing the blessings of thankfulness in my life? Are you? Are you seeing the blessings in your life because you're a thankful person to God? What percentage of your life would you say is a wilderness, a complaining wilderness? Maybe 10%, 20%, 30%, 50%? What is it? And what percentage of your life is lived in a promised land sense of thankfulness? How much of your day is spent on the good and positive and praiseworthy things of God? How often do you thank God for the people around you? Your spouse, your kids, your family, your friends, your co-workers, your boss, maybe someone here in the jar. Now, this is practice. That's what church is. We try to give us some practice on how to live our life because the game starts tomorrow. And so, to give you a little practice of how you can have a thankful attitude tomorrow... I'd like you to turn to the person beside you. It doesn't really matter if you know them or not, but turn to them, okay? And repeat after me. Just tell them, I thank God for you. Go ahead. Now, what I'd like you to do, each one of you received one of these when you walked in today. Could you pull that out for a second? So pull one of these out. Each one of you got them when you walked in. What's it say on the outside? I am thankful for. And what this is, is what I call the thank you journal. We've done this almost uh, every single year around Thanksgiving so that people would be thankful going into the new year. Now this week, what I'd like you to do is place this by your bed because we know you'll get there eventually. And while you're there, I'd like you this week to start, before you go to sleep, write down three things that you're thankful for. Could be big things, small things, little things. God thinks I'm alive today, period. You know, Whatever it is, but write those three things down. And I'm telling you, I've been doing this on and off over the last three or four years, and every time that I've done this, when that happens... There's thankfulness in my head. It's just like it is uh, oozing out of my life. And I'll tell you, you want to talk about change in your life? This is how you do it. You can change your life if you choose to be a thankful person. Now, the number one thing that every single person here can be thankful for is the fact that 2,000 years ago, Jesus was given to you as a gift on earth. God said, I'm giving my one and only Son just for you. We talked about this a few weeks ago. God came downstairs and He gave Jesus to us. And He said, I'm going to forgive you of all of your sins. When Jesus went to the cross, He went to the cross and He said, I love you this much. As far as the east is from the west, I forgive you. I love you this much. And that's a great thing to be thankful for. And so, I'm going to give you a break this morning. I'm going to give you one of three things that you can write down. You'll have to think of the other two. But get a pen. There's a pen right on the back of your seat. 
And the first thing I'd like you to write down is up on the screen right now. And it says, Thank you, Jesus, for dying on a cross and forgiving me of all my sins. And you can just write that down right now. Today we're going to share communion. There are four tables that are around us. They're not the jars' tables. They're Jesus' tables. And He says anyone who wants a relationship with Me, who has a relationship with Me, they can come and they can take My bread and My cup and they can be remembered of who I am. That you're totally forgiven this day. And what I'd like you to do in these next couple of minutes, I'd like you to think of two more things that you're thankful for. And just reflect on them. And Isaac will be playing a little bit, and you can write those down. And what I'd like you to do, whenever you're ready to go to one of the tables, you can just rip off those three things that you're thankful for. And you can go to uh, any of the tables, and there's a little basket there. And you can put the three things that you're thankful for in the basket. And as you do that then, I'd like you to... Uh, take a piece of bread and dip it into the juice and just be reminded that if you were the only person on earth that Jesus would have died just for you and that's an amazing thing to be thankful for because you don't have to carry guilt worry, complaining attitude anymore you can be a person of thankfulness So as Isaac comes, I'd like you to just think of a couple more things you're thankful for. And then when you're ready, you can go to uh, one of these. And when you're done, don't just kind of walk out of here. Come back to your seat, and together as a group, we're going to celebrate thanking God for the gift of His Son, Jesus, to us.